Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the FlexFox Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Garth Newton, coming to you live from my attic office here in beautiful downtown New Hamburg. And with me, once again, is Jeremiah Jose Ruiz Got Me That Win Johnson. How's it going, Jeremiah? I've never loved a Jose Ruiz so much in my life. That's fair. You know, he's not even in the majors anymore. They sent him right back down. <laughs> You know what? That's probably valid after that performance. So, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Hell of a week, hell of a week. The uh, the scores are very interesting, sort of top to bottom, and obviously we'll go through it. But um, I think we're going to have to dive in a little bit extra into our first matchup of <laughs> of this past week, and that being by far and away our top scoring team, RKR's Bash Brothers. Taking out Mummy's Good Boys and Chris's 213.5 with an astounding 404.9. Jeremiah, where do you want to begin on this ridiculous output by our fans? <laughs> I mean, like, it is ridiculous. Uh, almost doubling up his, his opponent is crazy. Um I guess the one thing I wonder is not actually the total itself, because he put up actually more than Chris on just his offense alone. If he didn't right. have any pitchers start, he would have still won the matchup. Um, it's more just like, don't you wish you kind of had this locked and loaded for the postseason? I mean, kind of. Yeah. It's yeah. And, and like, we'll like, we'll, we'll dive in, but like Chris didn't put up a terrible point total like 213 is not great to be clear 213 is not great but that would have beat nine other teams like he's basically in the middle of the pack this week and it didn't matter it didn't matter in the least yeah and so i mean i guess what i'm getting at is like obviously you don't control when these performances happen especially if you're like a lower playoff team right where you're not putting up these kind of like 300 plus points a lot it just is kind of unfortunate that, like, I just have a feeling, like, whether that's in the playoffs, whether that's, like, a matchup he really needs down the stretch, like, he's going to be wishing he had some of these points for those matchups. And I know sure. it doesn't work that way. And I'm not trying to take anything away from what he did, because it's obviously amazing. But I, if I was him, I'd be like, man, I wish I had this. Like, imagine, imagine he faces Ryan week one and drops that. Oh, yeah. Like, there's, it's just an auto win, man. Like, that, I don't know. Yeah. Like, against Chris, not where I'd want to have it happen. <laughs> sure. Sure. I mean, interestingly, though, Chris is actually a, and if you recall from last week, we'd pointed out this was a matchup that RKR had to win if he's yeah. going to be taken seriously on a playoff run. I, I called this one of the show me matchups in RKR's, like, you know, to, to, to round out this season. And, you know, all he did was have Austin Riley hit six home runs with 16 RBIs this week. <laughs> One week. I, I mean, like, the, but the crazy thing for me is like, I, so I've been a big, we don't have the numbers, but I've been a big RKR guy all year. And mm -hmm. that's because I think his team has underperformed in terms of the names he has on the roster, the depth he has, and the upside of his team. Now, I agree, 400 points is definitely not something he should be counting on a weekly basis. But let's regress some of the players back so austin riley yeah okay what if he hits three home runs and he just puts up like 30 points right 
But, like, sure. when you look at the rest of it, right, like Juan Soto putting up 34 points, that's pretty plausible to me. Taylor sure. Ward, 24, okay. Will Benson, maybe not 25. But guess what? I can counter that by saying Adley Rushman's probably not a nine-point player a week. That's right. Um, Cody Bellinger, I don't know, man. Like, he's been up and down, but he's a former MVP. Can we say for certain he can't put up 30 points? I don't think so. And so when I look down the roster the rest of the way, I'm like – what's what's artificial here maybe yeah. a little bit from austin riley maybe a little bit from the pitching but like is 300 ridiculous is 320 ridiculous i don't think so yeah well and he did this with only seven starts this wasn't yeah. one of those one of those times where he put up like a nine or a ten start week and just had everyone go off only one pitcher had a two-step and that was bailey ober which hmm. say what you will bailey ober putting up you know, 27 points in two matchups or sorry, in two starts is about right. You know, like that he did 12 innings, like six, six Oh, each time, just easy. Right. Like there was nothing really outstanding about his one, two start week either. No, I mean, when I look at his team, I go, okay, there's a little bit of artificial inflation here, but for the most part, his guys finally all put together a good week together at the same time. Same time. That's literally yeah. what happened here. So, I don't know, man. Like, I just think this team has been underperforming. His guys haven't all clicked at the same time, and that's basically what happened this week for him. And sure, it went a little bit bananas, but I just think, like, come playoff season, if his guys can do even – even 75% of the players here can do this, he's mm. going to be just fine. Well, I mean, that's kind of what you're hoping for. He's, he's moved into seventh overall and pushed Chris down to 11th. Uh, so just sort of on the other side of that bubble that we had, we had talked about a couple weeks ago, but man, man, if that doesn't put the fear of some higher power in you, if you're one of the, and I'm, I'm there, I'm in this boat, right? If you're one of the top three to four teams, you know, like this could be your week one matchup and the end of your playoff run as you know it. I mean, I'm not going to try and jinx the guy here because, like, I mean, yeah, I own his pick, but I, I also want to see him do well. I, I just think at this point, like, maybe he's not even sitting 7-8 by the time this is all said. Maybe he's fifth, right? Yeah, but even in even at five, he's facing a top four team, right? Yeah, I just think, like, Scary I think stuff. fourth right now, what, he's the Raccoons maybe? I, I don't know. I haven't looked. But, but like, yep. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't favor the Raccoons in that matchup. Not at all. Yeah, how could you? How could you? This this is this is the classic example of a team that looks like it could be getting hot at just the right moment. And we we've talked about this for years now. Those teams that get hot in those last five or six weeks and just run the table out of nowhere. Nick did it this past season. And there's just no defense. There's no defense against it. Yeah, I mean the only team I would take right now in a do or die is probably Neeson over him, right? But other than sure. that, yeah. Other than that, <laughs> but I'll even Neeson hasn't seen Neeson hasn't seen this kind yeah. of an output even from his team, right? Like he's he's been yeah. consistently good, and we talked about that as well. He's he's averaging fifty more points a week over any other team, but even he hasn't hit this type of a spike. Incredible. Yeah, and I mean, in in Neeson's defense, right? Like if any team does this to him, it's game over for him. It's game over for anybody. It, anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. 
The only thing I wanted to say about Chris is, and again, I pointed out that it wasn't uh, it wasn't a poor showing by any stretch. He had a very balanced offense, very to to his pitching. Um, Freddie Freeman put up fifty six points this week. Mm-hmm. Chris himself could have been under two hundred easily if Freddie Freeman doesn't have his own crazy ridiculous week. The simple fact that fifty six wasn't even the top point getter in this matchup is sort of that just says it all for me. Chris's team is not that good. Um, it's probably about where it should be. In fact, I think it's probably going to go a bit lower <laughs> down the spectrum. And that's probably where it belongs. Maybe. It'll be interesting to see how Chris's team looks after the MLB trade deadline because he's got a couple of players on this team right now that very likely could be moved on or before the deadline. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez being one. Adam Duvall is another obvious one. A lot of his relievers are sort of in positions that it could happen. You know, do the Cubs honestly keep Kyle Hendricks if if the right offer comes in? I, I don't know, right? Uh, you know, there's no way Jose Cisnero, if if anyone looks twice at the Detroit bullpen, is still in Detroit at this point in two weeks. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm saying two weeks and one week. Hard to believe the trade deadline is that close. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. And it'll be and a lot of the teams are going to have to deal with this as well as key players in better positions get moved to, you know, contenders, which is good for their career. But possibly terrible for the for the fantasy squad itself but it'll be interesting to see how that happens and how that impacts someone like chris's team that does have a couple of those guys in yeah and i guess last thing uh rkr's top point total for one day was 104.7 points yeah that's ridiculous ridiculous there you go well rkr (laughs) congratulations sir pretty easily the top point total of the week the top point total of the year so far. Uh, and honestly, if this is not the top point total at the end of the season as well, I'll eat my hat. I don't even own a hat. I will buy a hat and eat it. I, I cannot see you. it. You got a hat for me? All right, I got a hat me. for you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's let's move on to the, uh, the next top scoring team. And... I always feel like I'm a bridesmaid in this. We've talked about this in the past once or twice this season. I am never the top overall point scoring team. Every time I have a good week, someone has one better. And that's no different than, than this matchup where I took down Aiden uh, 286.5 to 157.9. So a pretty bad outing by Aiden, um, a better showing by me overall. But uh, compared to RKR, it doesn't even measure up. Yeah, I mean, you know, seeing Catal Marte just always makes me sad. <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm forced to look at this every week, but uh, the guy's been amazing, man. Like, honestly, nothing to be said. He's having a Catal Marte even year kind of year. Uh, you know, Jose Barrios also being very solid. Uh, I can go down the list of guys I've traded to you. They've all been pretty solid. Um. It's the depth for me. I, I've been trumpeting this out for weeks and weeks and weeks, but it's the, the quality of performance across the lineup that I see that, that gets me excited about the team. Um, Zach Eflin outperforming all of your pitchers is a bit of a surprise, um, but he's been that good all year. So yes, maybe yeah. Tampa's just Tampa's just fucking weird, man. Like Tampa just picks rando dudes, exploits like this thing that they see in them, and then they're just aces. Uh huh. So. 
maybe that's uh, maybe that's a key for people going forward. Hey, Tampa signed someone, get the fuck on that player. I, I don't know, but <laughs> the, the the depth of which you're putting down point totals and you're putting down good teams. Like the like Aiden is firmly a playoff team, even with mm-hmm. the loss. It's still sixth. This has got to get you excited. Because this could very easily be a type of matchup you have in round one. That's got to get you excited in terms of how your team's performing, no? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, much like RKR, I had a lot of guys sort of hit their stride at about the same time. Not all of my guys, unlike him, um, which was nice to see. But even within that, like I can see areas of, you know, where weak performances were out there, right? Like I only got three points out of Charlie Morton. And sure, he's not the ace that he has been in the past but he's better than a three point week. You know, um, I only got, you know, 0.7 out of Josh young, who has probably been my best player on the offense for most of the season. So I like it. I like that the, the depth is paying off. I like that there are guys that are capable of being, being stars one week to the next. And the depth just sort of helps carry it over the rest of the way. I think the other thing I've learned from your team is, uh, Fantasy baseball is not static, right? Like, especially with older players. Uh, mm. they, they might have a bad year, and in my brain, they're just kind of washed. But that's not necessarily the case. And, and I mean, I think a guy's like Max Muncy, who I had written mm-hmm. off, to be truthfully honest about it. Uh, and he's out of resurgence. Um, Marte, obviously, I had, I had kind of given up on it, as evidenced mm-hmm. by the fact I traded him to you. I mean, these guys have been coming through for you. And I mean, you still only got 20 points from Schwarber and Correa. I don't think that's going to continue. Yeah. Um, so I think there's more to be had here. Like, I think a 300 week is not out of the realm of possibility by any stretch. I'll take it. For Aiden, this was a... I mean, he didn't put up a great total this week. 157 was was fairly low, but still would have beaten a handful of teams even this week. Um Actually, maybe that's only like three teams, but still, um, he got good performances from Arenado and Musgrove. Uh, Nadia Volody was was fine as well, but there were some guys that have been good for him this season that just fell on their faces this week, and and it's kind of hard to sit back and watch. Like Mitch Keller had two starts. Mitch Keller has been near ace quality for Pittsburgh this year. He put together two starts that combined for negative seven point five. Like that's backbreaking in a matchup that you are. Well, I mean, this could have been a playoff matchup, right? His team, my team absolutely could meet in the playoffs. And if you, if you have a guy who's been great all year, have two starts and you still get negative points that hurts, right? Alex Cobb had negative seven this week. He had a couple of relievers that put up negative totals as well. And that's without thinking about, you know, the Austin Hayes negatives and the Jeremy Pena negative on the week. It adds up and it can be really frustrating. I feel bad for Aiden. I, I don't. Um, I don't because, I mean, this we had said this for weeks and weeks and weeks, or I had said this at least, anybody who wanted to listen for weeks. Um, Aiden needed bat help. Right, mm. he needed middle infield help. He needed to address the fact his bats had two good guys and not much else. Right, and he didn't do anything. And so, when you're staring down a lineup that keeps doing the same thing week after week, which is Arenado performs, Alonso may or may not, and the rest of them are kind of just wild cards. I mean, you reap what you sow, right? And so, I think he's going to regret. Right. And I stick to this that he's going to regret not making a move at the deadline. I really, really believe that because if he's in the playoffs, 
at this point, that's a fair question to ask. Yeah. I think he's going to regret that. Well, eight and six right now is good enough for sixth overall. Uh, I'm sitting second, uh, which is nice. I'm still staring up at uh, at one Mr. Ryan Neeson, but uh, we'll we'll cover his matchup a little bit later. Um, the next matchup um, is almost as surprising as RKR, not because of the vast total that it put up, but simply because it was a very big score for a team that you're not anticipating it. But... Flex put up a 282.5 and in doing so took down Arc Nemesis Squirtle Squad with only 267.3. So this is a fairly surprising win for Flex this week. Um, he's a six and eight team and that's your third best total of the week. Yeah, I mean, I think the other interesting thing is the effort the squad went to try to beat Flex. Um, mm. And I think it's clear that Flex had probably one of his more uh, high scoring performances of the of the year, sure. and that's fair. Uh, I don't know if Flex has much beyond this, and, and maybe that's all that's required for for success in Europa. In fact, I think if he does this in Europa, he's probably good to go. Um, so it's surprising from that st- like standpoint, I guess. But I think you know, in fantasy teams, ebb and flow. This is kind of just the way it goes. Flex had his best week, and the squad couldn't keep up. And, and I think the crappy thing for them is how close it actually was. Yeah. Yeah, and and a two sixty seven this week looks huge. Like that's your fourth highest scoring team, and they lost to the third highest scoring team, which happens. We get it, but interesting nonetheless. It does, however, keep the Squirtle Squad at eight and six. They're still in the playoffs now, eighth overall, and this high score, high point total, excuse me, um, does give them uh, a lot of sort of added wiggle room in in some of the tiebreakers that'll come up as well. So it was surprising to see Flex put up that big total. Um, I think this is a bit of a warning shot across the bow of Europa as Flex is kind of coming on strong here late. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> it, de- it depends how you see it, right? So I, I think my honest take on this is that this changes nothing for me looking at this mm. matchup. Like, like for either team, I think the squad is still really good. I think this affirms to me that they're good. They can put up a high 200 point total. They deserve to be in the top eight. They're going to be in the top eight. Flex, Flex is a strong Europa team, probably top four, probably fourth in my rankings at the moment, maybe third. Um, and he's capable of good weeks, just like a lot of Europa teams are. The problem with Europa teams is they're flawed in some fundamental way that right. inhibits their consistency from being in the playoffs. And for Flex, that's mostly the fact that he has elite talent, but not much behind it. Right. This week, that talent came through. Will it come through next week? Who's to say? And that's why he's here. I like that. That's a, that's a pretty solid uh, breakdown. But it doesn't really forgive the Squirtle Squad. This should have been a matchup that they should have won. Circumstances aside, um, these are the teams you're supposed to beat if you're in the playoffs. And they're still sitting top eight, so they're still in it to win it. And they're still sitting at, I want to say they are sixth in overall points right now. So just ahead of one Mr. Jeremiah Johnson. But they still got to beat Flex. Flex is not going to be a playoff team. Uh, no matter what he says on running the table. I'll, if he does it, I'll buy the beer. Uh, I swear to God. But uh, the, this was a winnable matchup on paper for the, for the squad. So they've got to be disappointed. Oh, I think they're definitely disappointed, but uh, 
I'll forgive them. I think, you know, most teams would have lost to Flex this week, obviously, since he's the third highest point total. So what can you do yeah. about that? Okay. Well, they can cry into the beer, I guess. But uh, let's go ahead and, and leave them to, uh, to wallow in self-pity for a little bit longer. Move on to the fourth highest winning team. I have to put in winning now, uh, where Jeffrey Lim's penis uh, just blasted the money ballers out of the water. Is that too much? It's it's hard. No, for me. no, no. We're but good. Two, We're good. 234.9 to Ash's 157.7. So a very convincing win for Lim. Um, and not a half bad point total if that's the, the fifth best on, on, on the week. Luzardo is still doing it. Now, did either of us pick Lim to win? Did either of us pick like Lim week, to next win? Week, sorry, next week. Next week. Uh, not next week, no. I picked him to win this matchup, though. Okay. Well, the fact neither of us picked him to win next week is just an auto W because he's going to go six and nine. It's just the way it's meant to be. <laughs> uh, so that's good. Right. I'm glad we can mark that one down as like a one point already. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. I mean,. I want to. Be, I want to go off on a rant here, but I'm not. I'm not going to. I've been on this rant before. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Four four games. I'm like, tw- if you could see me, my eyes twitching a little bit here mm. behind the screen. Um, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I don't want to say this, but I'm going to. I I wonder if that team needs a new voice at the top. If there's somebody. Who could better manage that team to success? Mm. Um, yeah, I, I I just think, and I mean that for a couple teams, I think we all deserve better. I think, uh, you know, a team like that shouldn't be performing so shitty. Right. Um, and a lot of that is just putting in some plain ass effort. So that's too bad. Um, from <laughs> Lim's perspective, from Lim's perspective, positive notes. I don't know. Like, does it change how you feel about him in Europa? Like, would you consider him a dark horse with a performance like this? Um, it's a good question, and I, I'm I'm looking at sort of who put the points up and what that's going to look like in a couple of weeks, right? And honestly, something interesting kind of happened, particularly on his offense, where I think all of the people I'd expect to be scoring well didn't, and the people mm-hmm. that I wouldn't expect to score well did right like i would not anticipate 24 points out of cover ruiz right yeah. i'm expecting 14 15 from him if i'm being honest but by that same extension i'd expect more than negative from eddie rosario right yandy diaz at only 8.5 oh, okay but are you really expecting 21 points at elaine thomas i mean lane thomas will not be on the nationals next week I'm, I'm putting that on paper right now he will not be with that team and so is this doable it is if anything, it's frightening because if these guys are also kind of coming on, then yeah, this is probably bumping him from that sort of 180, 190 range to a consistent 210, which could be kind of scary for some Europa teams, right? That's probably good enough for, you know, maybe a first round surprise, if not something a little stronger. The pitching staff has value in it on the right weeks. Um it's not always the right week, and that's that's where it kind of gets a little scary, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like Ashcraft did okay last week. 
He didn't do so well this week. You know, Logan Allen did okay last week against Pittsburgh. He's not doing so well this week. It's it's stuff like that. And it's that inconsistency. Uh, you know, five minutes ago, you mentioned how there's one consistent flaw in most of the uh, most of the Europa teams. Mm-hmm. And for Lim, I think it's that he is consistently inconsistent. But the spikes from that inconsistency are muted as compared to, say, RKR, as an example. Right. It's an obvious example. But um yeah, it's just that his expected outcomes are a little bit lower and add that to inconsistency. And you're looking at sort of a 234 one week and a 120 the week after. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with anything you've said. And uh, we will see, I guess. I mean, I think he's he could surprise people, but it'll depend on how the spice going that week. Yeah. Yeah, but I think at this point, and we couldn't have said this a while ago, I think at this point he is very clearly a Europa team. Um, I do not see him sliding down into the bottom four, which uh, I I guess you could call that something of a win. Compared to his last few years, absolutely. Yeah. The only other thing that I wanted to call out on this matchup, more for just humor value, is did you actually see the number that Paulo Espino put up for Washington in this matchup? Didn't like, he must be on Ash's team, right? Uh, he's on Ash's team. Point. Negative negative ten. Okay, that's just a bad that's a bad week. But I want you to actually dig into the numbers that got you a negative ten because this man pitched point one of an inning. Struck he got one person out, <laughs> it was a K. And otherwise he walked two, gave up seven hits and eight earned runs. I am most impressed that not only did all of that come together, but he gave up eight earned without a home run. Yeah, I guess. This is an incredible line. This is not easily repeatable. I hope that he's proud. <laughs> he won't be on Washington next week. I'll uh, write me down for that because he'll be in the fucking minors. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Well, now that we've made fun of Paulo Espino, uh, I'm sure he's a wonderful individual and his family loves him. Let's move on to our current top overall team, but only the fifth best scoring winning team this week being the Mad King, who put up a 227.6 to Ben and the Star Boys 184.1. Now, this was a lot closer for a long time than it ended up at the end of the week. Does this put a little bit of fear into Ryan this low of a score? Oh, I think, I think absolutely it does. Knowing him, yeah, I would say so. I mean, this was clearly one on the Sunday, right? Where the point total was 48.5 to 6.2. I mean, that's basically the gap in the matchup. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's got to put some fear in you because not only is he putting up 227, but there's teams that he is likely facing who are putting up higher point totals than this. And, Mm -hmm. And it's super easy to go, Okay, let's fast forward five weeks. And he's done if this goes down this way. He's down he's done to the Squirtle Squad. He's down to RKR. Go up the list. Who's he yeah. beating? A lot of in terms of playoff teams. Not not a ton. Some, but not a ton. Yeah. Um that's the vulnerability of fantasy though, is that teams go up and down, and even Ryan is not immune to the idea that, you know, 200, 220, yeah, that could be him. That could be him. It's not likely, but it happens. We we see it right now. Um, 
that's the problem with like the long grind of the season, right? Is like mm-hmm. one bad week and and you're on the sidelines. And he's lamented it before, I think, on this podcast, saying, "Well, you know, I lost to Nick, and and then I would have beat Nick every other week. Well, who fucking cares? <laughs> you know, like you you lost, right? So it's yeah, it's definitely got to put some fear in him. Long answer, but absolutely." Yeah, that's fair. Um, the win came almost exclusively in the back of his bullpen, specifically. Um, the, almost all of his RPs played, uh, which is somewhat special when you do some of the math. And he's his team is right now set up in such a way to get even extra uh, sort of relief pitchers uh, in place. But this this is one of those matchups, and I, and I think it happens along every uh, sort of championship run where there's the week where you just don't necessarily have it, but you get lucky because your opponent had it worse. Um, and this is this is sort of what this looks like, right? Ben, Ben, we've had higher hopes for. I think that's been fairly clear throughout, but that hasn't panned out for this season specifically. Um, but a 184 is still probably pretty low. This, 227 from Ryan is a number that Ben can reach. And Ryan is probably feeling a little lucky that he didn't. Yeah, I mean, but let's be clear about something else too. While we have that that conversation, which is, you know, if this is somebody else, name in a semifinal, a final, mm-hmm. whatever, they're not probably going to put up one eighty one eighty four point one. That's right. probably not going to be in their wheelhouse, right? They're probably going to put up more than that. Yeah. Um, and at that point, roll the dice. Who knows? Like, and so I think if I'm him, I'm going, okay, um, I'm susceptible to bad weeks like everyone else. There's nothing you can do about it now because the trade deadline is passed. And yep. so in that sense, it's actually a little bit more scary because there's nothing you can really do about it. So you just got to run it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll be, it'll be interesting. But uh, with this win, uh, he maintains the sole possession of first overall. Uh, 12 wins being... Uh, the top of shop the rest of us are looking up sitting at at 11 wins but uh mm-hmm. scary matchup but a win is a win and that is the first tiebreaker that comes in so uh good work to mr ryan neeson for pulling it out but hot on his heels in the overall points was graham with the big beefy baseball boys who put up a 226.3 over nicks 207.8 i guess they can't all be massive point totals eh nick um yeah i mean i don't i don't have a time to say about this nick is 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 a base team graham is a europa team a top mm-hmm. europa team probably could be um which i'm down for please graham if you'd like to win europa i will happily lay down for this <laughs> um i don't know i guess the question we should be asking out of this matchup is does this reinforce or not that graham can make the playoffs still i mean as i just said you know the win loss record is the first tiebreaker right that is the first thing that comes in to play right now he's seven and seven that's ninth overall mm-hmm. that he's in like he is that is reachable that is one good week up against a bad week for one of the other bubble teams and he just gets just gets through um, I'm just trying to pull up here in the background what his sort of relative point total is, and it's not great in the grand scheme of things. It's, like it's behind Stads, yeah. 
two, yeah. three, four, five. It's like 10, 11. 10, 11, give or take there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there are playoff teams that are behind him still, mm-hmm. even at that. Right. right? Um, yeah. When you like the clappers are there behind him. Um, he's basically neck and neck with the raccoons. I believe they're, yeah, they're 20 points apart. That's basically the same. So, you know what? It's it's competitive. It's competitive with the bottom sort of two spots of the playoffs. So, but yeah. Who's coming out so Graham can go in? Who's coming out so Graham can go in? Well, um, if, if you had to run it, right? Like if you were making that prediction. Yeah. So I mean, that's, like, what I, six, that's what I get to. Right. <laughs> six, seven, eight is right now Aiden RKR in the Squirtle Squad. Um, and so the answer is would have to be one of those, right? Because incredibly, yes. Garth is still winning. The, the Clap Clappers are nine and five, their sole position of fifth overall. Um, so you have to think it's one of Aiden RKR at the Squirtle Squad. Could one of them drop a week? Okay. Yeah, probably. But what ends up happening, though, is that each of them have a better point total, right? And significantly better. RKR is the second overall. Go go figure. 400 points made a move in there. Um, but then you've got, like, Aiden at five overall, Squirtle Squad at six overall, as far as, like, those point totals are concerned, right? The, the win-loss record says it's one of those three teams, but the point totals are teams that are even further up, right? When you when you consider that it's got to be the raccoons or it's got to be the clappers. And that's four and five, and they're out of reach as far as those records are concerned. So you might be right. It, it might just be as simple as it's too little too late. His team isn't the one to get there. Yeah, so my take on it is nobody comes out and he just doesn't make the playoffs. But if I had to pick, if you're like holding a gun to my head and he has to get in, I actually want to say like the clappers come out. But... Maybe that's too much of a reach because mm-hmm. they're nine and five. But but like if they lose, right? Like so, if they lose, how many matches about four? No, five. So I mean, they could lose and in theory be nine and ten, and Graham could yep. in theory go up. So I I don't yep. want to say that that's implausible. So I would probably pick the Clappers to come up or or the Raccoons, not the other three. Yeah. Well, the raccoons, I don't think can miss it. They're at eleven and three right now. Okay, okay, so they're not going to come out because they're eleven and eight. Yeah, Graham's. Fine. Yeah, they're probably in. So, so yeah, the Clappers. Aiden would be my secondary pick just because Aiden's kind of plummeting right now. Yeah, but not, not. I wouldn't take the Squirrel Squad or RKR out, man. I, I don't yeah. think I would do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. For Nick, uh, just sort of round out this matchup. Uh, another loss. Firmly in the vase, would you say? He could be the top of the vase if such a thing has value. I mean, well, I mean, it does. Like, uh, I don't know. Was Lim in the vase last year? Because he, he got the number one overall pick. Then he wouldn't have been in the vase because number one is Europa. No, because I won Europa, but I didn't win the lottery. Right. The lottery is just waited saying. so that... So that like, yes. yeah. So I think you can be in the vase and still, you have like a 0.5 or 1% chance of winning. And I just wonder mm-hmm. if like Lim hit the 1% or if he was in Europa. I think he was in Europa though. I think so. He was, he was in Europa. So yeah, I, I wouldn't, I don't want to be in the vase. Like if I'm in the vase, what the, 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 the penalty is so harsh. Like, and that's why I want to hop on Ash and like rant is because like, 
you don't want to be in the vase, man. You want to get the fuck out of the vase because your top chance, I think, is 2% if you win the vase to get the pick. So, like, you don't want to be there. You want to be in Europa even if you lose. It's just better. Right. So, I, I think Nick can get into the bottom of Europa, but he's going to need to win some matchups. And, and so far, he hasn't been able to do that. Well, it'll uh, it'll be interesting. But let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup, uh, which actually features you uh, in a Sunday victory, pulling out a 222.0 over Garth's stubby clap clappers 220.6. Um, I'm not going to lie. I thought you had this one lost. Hmm. So did you. Why? Why, why, why did you, th- why did you think I was going to lose? Like, I, I don't deny that I thought I was going to lose, but um, yeah. Why did you think I was going to lose? Tom? Honestly, I thought that Garth had built up enough of a lead on that Sunday to yeah. make it happen. Uh, just yeah. that simple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, the really interesting thing for me, like from my perspective is like my pitching is like me at the fucking controls every week, trying to make shit cobble shit together run relievers like do whatever i can and i'm like yeah the hitting won't be a problem and yet the hitting was the problem so and and like all the points we had talked about this but all the points (laughs) i benched through like making the wrong lineup decision which i don't have to make anymore because gunner anderson looked like he just got hurt so he can hit the bench yeah um but that those decisions kept this from being a clear w for me like i probably could have put up 250 if I just gotten those right. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what this says. Like, what, like it doesn't say more about me or more about the clappers that they couldn't get the job done. I, I don't know. I mean, we, we've talked about point totals already, and this is one of those areas where your record does not map to your point total. Um, and neither does the clappers, right? Like in point totals alone, you are one, two, three, four, you are five spots better. than than garth is however obviously from a record point of view he's sitting fifth overall even with this loss and you're down in 12th so from a point total point of view this win is absolutely expected it's just you know he's been i guess unduly lucky uh in in that respect although i don't believe his points against is as bad as some of the other teams i could be wrong i'll have to look into that a little later but yeah 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 i mean i don't think this will really like rock his boat either way i don't really mm-hmm. think it matters like he is mm-hmm. right now firmly in the playoffs so i could change and I'm pretty firmly in Europa. Like, I don't know. I think people are saying on Slack if I want to or something. I, I, I don't know. But not going to happen, right? We're both kind of in our respective lots in life. Yeah. And that's cool. That's cool. Um, but I don't think anybody's afraid of him going into the playoffs. I don't think anyone would, no. would not want to face him in round one. <laughs> or no, anything I, like that. I, I don't think we're at, at that level. I mean, he has guys that can put up big weeks. And we've seen that before. And he's done that this season. So do you, um, you know, he's as, he's as spiky as some of the other scary teams could be is really what it comes down to. But from an average point of view, from an expected value, I agree. He's, it's not that scary. What's more likely he wins a championship or I win Europa. 
you win Europa is definitely more likely. Okay, because we're both, I guess, fourth in our respective championships. So mm-hmm. we're kind of like, I don't want to say we're like mirror images, because obviously I have a high, like record-wise, yeah. we are like mirror images of each other, right? In terms of the, the championships we find ourselves in. So um, just curious, I guess. It's interesting. I It's good that he'll make the playoffs. I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I think he's first round and done. That's how I kind of view it, but yeah, I've been wrong before. I mean, it happens. We, we've seen those upsets. We've seen, you know, the unlucky total come out of nowhere. So not, not surprising. All right. But let's keep going here because we've got a couple more matchups to get through. And the next matchup we're going to cover is Chow's Size Matters team uh, with a 218.3, uh, which is a victory over the Husan Rogers Alliance, uh, putting up a 179.3. So a good amount of, of distance there, a good 30 points there. Not a great scoring week for Chow. Um, puts him on the right path, puts him back in the win column, and gives him a shot outside though it might be. He's still in contention for that last playoff spot. I'm excited for what this means. Um, mm-hmm. Every week the Chow can kind of like pull off a victory. It doesn't really matter how. Like I don't, if I'm him, I don't really give a flying shit how I win the matchups. Just that I do because I heard on the radio from a, a beat writer on Sportsnet that they believe Aaron Judge will be back next week. Ooh. Um, he's running the bases. He's taking simulated batting practice. Whoever this was thought that, you know, he goes out on a quick rehab assignment and he's back by next weekend. Well, if that's the case, right. Chow's just got to hang on. Like, if he can somehow yeah. win his matchup next week, we're talking eight and seven, and arguably the a top three influential player in fantasy comes and joins his team. Mm-hmm. I, I like his odds the rest of the way. Like, I think, you know, if he can win, somehow if he can go four and one, I think he's definitely in. If he can go three and two, he's got a chance. Judge coming back, he already has McClanahan back, although he's pitching kind of bad. But, sure. like, the engine's there, man. I I don't know. You want to talk about a team getting, like, not hot, but a team getting into the playoffs and getting going at the right time? He might be that team, too. Absolutely could be. And his current position, while it's technically on paper 10th, um, the truth of the matter is he has the same record as Graham and they're separated by less than 20 points. So they functionally have the same record and the same point total for all intents and purposes. So that could just as easily say ninth. And then I think just from that that mental picture, right? That, that the mental construct of ninth feels way closer to eighth than 10 does. Um, he's right there. He's right there and knocking and everything we just talked about around whether or not Graham has what it takes to sort of get over that hump and over that feels different with Chow simply because the stars that he has on his team that are coming back. And I want to pull Corbin Burns into that conversation as well, because Corbin Burns has not performed even this well um, over the, this past week with his 26 points, right? Like that has not been a, an average week from Corbin Burns, but we know he's capable of that. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. This could be that team that he, this could be the Nick Penner of 2023. It's funny. I was going to ask you, cause I was going to say, I actually feel very different about child than I do Graham. And I was going to ask you if you felt the same way and why. And then my answer was exactly your answer, which is child's got mad stars. And I believe in those stars way more than I believe in anybody on Graham's team. 
And I was actually going to pinpoint Corbin Burns because he's been a lot better. And we know he's a top three fantasy pitcher when he's right. And yep. he hasn't been right, but damn, he's starting to look right. So if he gets on the right side of things, McClanahan puts it together and judges back. This is a different team. I think that's fair to say. It's a completely yeah. different team. I agree. Right? I agree so those things happen, which are definitely non-zero and potentially on the side of likely. Um, yeah, I think he's a playoff team if those things come together. Yeah. Buckle up. We'll have to see. We got two more matchups to cover here today, my friend. And both of them have interesting storylines from the aspect of who's involved and what these point totals came to be. Our penultimate matchup features our third place overall team, the fourth quarter Jimmy Butler's. Uh, Tillo's team put up a 182.0 to beat the Illuminati's 155.7. Now, Mike as DFL doesn't surprise anyone we've talked about that before that fits this is a very low point total by tillo and we had this conversation about whether uh ryan earlier with a comparatively low point total put a bit of fear into him this is a full 40 points lower than what ryan put up this week how does tillo feel today Depends how you look. Like, this is a classic how do you look at it, right? Like, I'm a pretty negative dude, so I would be like, fuck, my team sucks. But, like, the other side of the coin is, like, he still won. Who gives a shit? Um, True. You know, it's exactly what we said about Ryan, which is this is not going to get it done in the postseason. If he does this, he's done. He probably knows that. He's just going to hope that that doesn't happen to him in the postseason and that he got his, his yips out of the way right now. Um, and for his sake, I hope he did. But if he didn't, and the fact just that he's capable of something like this is obviously concerning. What can yep. he do about it? Nothing. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing the thing I would say with these guys, though, and this is true of both Ryan and Tillow, is that if they're capable of this, the guy they're facing is also definitely capable of this. Right. So it, it's all in how you choose to look at it. I think it's concerning from if it's me and I'm Tillow, I think I'm concerned. But I don't. I don't know. It would just depend on your outlook. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, like I, I did look into his numbers a little bit deeper, like on on the actual team, right? Lourdes Gurriel Jr. putting up minus eight. Jake Berger putting up minus seven. Obviously, neither of those scores are what you would expect week to week. Another no, no, minus from Nick Castellanos as well. So it's he had guys that underperformed, but he, then he also didn't have guys that overperformed, right? Like his. Martinez with 21 points. That's an average week. That, that's not a great week. And his offense only put up 60 total points on the week. And while the the pitching at 121 is is fine, right? Like that that's an okay. That's not a great outing by the, by his pitching staff either. It's okay though. Um, if he's only going to get 60 points out of his offense, he will lose every week in the playoffs. Yeah, I guess I just think about it, right? And I'm like, what do you want him to do about it? Like, yeah. I guess, like, the waiver wire is pretty crappy, especially on the pitching side. But on the hitting side, it's, like, total crapshoot because you're just hoping to hop on somebody hot. Right. Um, I just don't know what you're going to do about it. And, and, again, this begs the question to me, like, less this is less for on Ryan and more on the other teams we talked about, but should they have done more Yeah. at the deadline, right? I don't know. Yeah, not sure. For Mike, 
uh, being DFL firmly in the vase, arguably crafting the base of the vase with which to hold up the rest of the vase teams. This isn't necessarily out of character, um, but he did have a real good week last week and it just didn't translate this time. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, probably hard for Mike to be engaged at this point. Mm. Um, doesn't look like he really is anyway with his, well, he has seven starts. I shouldn't say that, but it's hard to like yeah. continually stay into it. Um, for him, winning the Vase would be his championship, and I respect that. So yeah, that'd be that'd be all right. Rooting for him to get a Vase with Flex's face on it, so he can put it in his shop. <laughs> you know, someone comes under- in. Yeah, hey, is this for sale? No, why not? This yeah. dude's face looks fucking cool. Offers him a ridiculous amount of money. Mike sells it. The league finds out. Like, I don't know. It could be a good storyline, right? Okay. I, I'm picturing it slightly different where he puts it up on the site, but underneath it is never for sale, you know? And it's basically just a button that says, you know, inquire inside kind of a thing. Right? Like if you have to ask, you can't afford this. Yeah, that or it's up for a dollar. Right. One of the, one of the two. <laughs> And still not selling. <laughs> still not selling on eBay. Yeah, no bids. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and talk about the lowest scoring winning team of our week. The Midland Raccoons put up a 158.4, and in doing so, took out Stad's 141, 144.1. Now, Stad's definitely underperformed, but holy hell. How can you be a fourth place team and putting up a one five eight in a victory, no less? He's got to have horseshoes up his ass. I'm gonna I'm gonna lay down something that will make you even more uh, attuned to that statement, which is Stads actually had a twenty five point penalty, which cost him. Oh, that's right. So, Good call. Um, Stads actually scored one hundred and sixty nine points, which would have been enough to win the matchup. Absolutely. Right. And I wonder how much the narrative changes if they lose the matchup with that point total. Because at yeah. least right now, they're they're holding on to that win. They're going, yeah, like, this sucks. And whatever. And fine. Um, but imagine a loss. That would be, like, extra painful. So I mean, it wouldn't change anything in the, in the standings. Because right now, they're 11-3 and three and the lowest of the 11-3 and three teams by points. Um, if they lose this, they move to 10 and four and they would just be alone in fourth place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good point. You know, I mean, I don't know. I, the point total to me is the alarming part. Like how do you get away from this and go, I can still be good in the playoffs. Right. Like I, I know it's just one week and you got to brush it off, but yeah. Uh, that's tough. On the other side of the ledger, uh, Stads did uh, what he needed to do. Uh, his two top scorers were Otani and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. That's a win, right? Yeah, does Otani get traded? I mean, he wasn't traded by Stads, and I think that has to mean he won't be traded uh, by uh, uh, Artie Moreno. So, yeah. <laughs> I read an article on The Athletic, and it was basically saying Artie Moreno gets like visibly angry when his staff approach him to be like, you should trade Otani. And he's like, <laughs> scared of him. So, there you go. 
I mean, there's nothing in that front office that has led us to believe that it is a well-run baseball team and therefore making good sound baseball type decisions like trading the best player on the planet for something before you get nothing but a compensation pick for them would be one of those decisions I wouldn't expect this front office to make. Whose front office do you think better? The Rockies or the Angels? The Angels. Okay. Me too, but not by much. <laughs> not by much. <laughs> <laughs> but there's only one DFL, my friend. You can only be dead fucking last one at a time, and that is easily the Rockies front office. And it's honestly, it's I, uh, I, I'm, it's close, but it shouldn't yeah. be. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Well, did you see like four of their pitchers need Tommy John or something? Like, yes, I did see that. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. All right. Rocky's gonna Rocky. Yeah. Rocky's gonna Rocky. Well, that sort of sums up all of the uh, the week's matchups. So before we advance to the sort of next areas, it's time for our quick review of our weekly picks. And honestly, it looks like the All Star break did good for me. Uh, this past week, I actually got nine out of the ten right. I missed only on the Squirtle Squad. Uh, and in doing so, picked up a, an astounding four on you, uh, who managed to get five out of these ten. Now, that sounds amazing, but that four put me within six. So I'm still back by a sizable amount with not nearly enough time to come back. But uh, that one felt good. I admit it. That's untrue, though, right? Because, like, you got five weeks left. So if you made up that much ground every week, you'd win. No problem. I mean, um, every week. Sure. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I downloaded a rap app to my phone. <laughs> Concerned. I can only assume that that's how you are helping your fiance go to sleep at night, is just the dulcet tones of you <laughs> in an 80s rap battle situation. With myself, yeah. With yourself, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. Well, I'll uh, I'll hope to keep that going, and we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and start talking about your content of the week. Uh, that the trade deadline is passed, but it would appear that it is just such a gold mine uh, for you with respect to what <laughs> content is being driven and coming out. And we have uh, yet another. Uh, trade-related article uh, coming from the fingertips of Jeremiah Johnson. This time, it's more of the overall report card of the team's performance at the deadline. Part one, I'm assuming, of two, although, you know, we've been wrong before. Um, <laughs> really just drag this out for uh, six or seven more weeks if you needed to. But uh, part one, where you're going through to... Uh, I think you got through the first 10 teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. Didn't appear to have any particular order. Uh, so that's actually my first question for you. What dictated your order in this? So I didn't really want to write this article. Um, okay. So I just took the 10. I, I started off in earnest talking about just whatever teams randomly. Right. And then I got through like four or five and I'm like, man, fuck this. So I took like four or five teams that were just like really inactive and threw them at the end. Okay. Um, so I didn't have to say a ton of things. 
so the the part two is taking longer to write because those are the teams that you know they made a lot of moves like the Jamils of the world, right? Myself, uh, the squad, Kaminsky. Yeah, yeah, Kaminsky. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to take longer to write. Oh, actually, yeah. he's in this one. My bad. You Sorry, you covered no. Kaminsky. You're already done with that one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I'm noticing that there's a uh, there's a healthy number of Fs. Uh, yeah. In no particular order. Actually, that's not true. In the order as written, we've got Ash getting an F. We've got yeah. Aiden getting an F. We've got Garth McKinnis getting an F. Okay, that's no one. No one shocked by that. Um, and you've got Chris getting an F minus, which I'll be fair is a new uh, grade I was unaware of that could actually happen. Um, of those Fs, I'm going to ask a slightly different question. Of those Fs, who do you think is the most likely? to be able to improve on that letter grade next semester? Like in the off season? Yeah, basically. Ah, um, uh, Aiden. Because, like, Ash won't do anything. Chris doesn't have any assets. Garth McKinnis won't do anything. Right. So by default, it has to be Aiden. He has assets. He may do something. He's done something in the past. So probably him. I'm not really confident in any of them doing anything. Like okay. the thing with all those teams was they did nothing. Right. right. So that's why they got the F. Um, they made zero trades combined together. Mm-hmm. Um, we know Garth McKinnis is never going to trade. We know Chris is probably never going to trade anything anybody wants. And we know Ash is not going to be active enough to actually make a trade. Although he did try to make trades. They just didn't happen. So, so yeah. between him and Aiden, right? So, okay, yeah, okay. Well, that's a pretty quick review for for four of those teams on a trade <laughs> deadline where they did nothing. So that that makes a yeah. good good amount of sense. Let's let's jump up a level to the D pluses, the people that failed, but you know it wasn't all doom and gloom. And so for that one, we've got Jeffrey Lim, we've got mm-hmm. Stads, and I guess that's it. Just those two. Yeah, so, so I, I guess yeah. we can throw Chow in there with the C, but I feel like we need to talk about Chow separately. So we'll, we'll yeah. focus on Lim and Stads. So those teams did make a move, but I didn't understand the move they made or okay. the return they got and the direction of their team. Okay. Um, Lim got prospects, I believe, and that's fine. They just it just wasn't a good return for what he was giving up. Stads? Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know what Stads is doing. I don't really know. I don't think Stads knows what Stads is doing. And so it's it's hard to, like, give him a good grade when you look at his team and you see a big chance. Stads had a really big chance to sell off. Like, he had a lot of pieces that people would probably be interested in. Brandon Woodruff, yeah. Marcus Simeon. Um, there's other guys I'm forgetting. Andrew McCutcheon. Teams would have been interested in those players. Right. But he didn't do anything. So he was like, you know, he's basically going to run it back next year with the same team and the same results probably going to happen. Um, I would have liked to see him trade Vlader Otani personally. And I think I said that in the article, like yep. Yep. trading one of those guys could have really restocked his team. That was the other way he could have gone. So doing neither of those things and just making like a minor trade to me is, is reprehensible. So that's why I gave him okay. a bad grade. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really going to defend uh, too too much because I I tend to agree for the most part. Um, I would say that Woodruff is 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 rough. Um, Woodruff specifically, while obviously a piece that other people would want, 
he wouldn't be trading it to the teams that would be giving him the pieces that he needs because Woodruff is not going to put a playoff team over the yeah. edge right now, yeah. right? Like he's yeah. is he done for the full season? I believe he is. Oh no, he's on no. a rehab right now. Okay, so there's a chance. Um, but again, like you're not gonna you're not gonna swing Woodruff to you know Tillo and and no. try to sort of empty the farm, right? Woodruff is the kind of player that Stad should be acquiring, right? Like you're out of it, I'm out of it. We can be out of it together, Mr. Woodruff. Here's a couple of things that, you know, a couple of pieces or a couple of picks that I, I just don't need. Woodruff is somebody that will potentially anchor my squad for years to come. I'm a grab and hold on to him. McCutcheon should not have, have survived the trade deadline. Um, probably won't survive the trade deadline next week on <laughs> Pittsburgh either, if we're being honest. Um, yes. Semyon as well, getting a little up there in age. Vlad, Vlad's having a bit of a down year. Um, neither of us agree that he'll ever hit the sort of near MVP season that he had when he was playing in Buffalo full-time. We've had that conversation. We agree. Um, but again, he's the underperforming player. Hold on to him. He's young. Give it another chance, right? Trade him at a high point if you're going to move him, which is exactly why Shohei Otani should have been moved. Well, well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. So I'm going to throw something out there. I, I don't just, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I don't disagree with uh, I don't disagree with the uh, acquire Woodruff thing, but he didn't do that either. Um, so the Otani thing, like what would Flex or myself or someone with a strong farm have paid for Otani? Right, probably a lot, probably a rebuilding, retooling crazy amount. Um, yeah. So I so I kind of think that was a really big opportunity he missed out on. I absolutely agree. Um, and yeah. you are actually, interestingly enough, you're the team that if I were him, I would have zeroed in on. And I would have zeroed in on the fact that you've got 97 shortstops and no hope of playing them all, right? Like you're getting lucky yeah. with the idea that, um, you know, Gunnar Henderson it might be hurt right now, but CES is a third baseman and Eli is also somehow a third baseman and a, <laughs> and a shortstop. And, yeah. and I think you've got another shortstop coming up soon. Don't you? So Edwin have, Arroyo is uh, another well, I, one that is there too. Yeah. So I have two top five prospects in baseball that are also shortstops currently Jackson holiday and Marcelo Meyer. Yeah. Um, so and holiday like, is up. <laughs> Yeah, so so there's definitely the assets there to trade. I actually talked to him about Vlad at the deadline. We were going back and hmm. forth a bit, but he was reluctant to move him, sure. and that's fine. That's fine. I don't yep. like begrudge him that. But Otani never entered the conversation. Like he never said, "Hey, well, what about Otani for those players?" Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I think there was a missed opportunity there, especially if I'm him, because I think we know now. Like, I think one thing we can say for certain about Stads is his team construct isn't working. Right. So he's got to change it up. And that's why I gave him the bad grade, because he didn't really do anything to change up sure. his team construction, one way or the other. Yeah, and to be clear, uh, he's not exactly locked down at shortstop as he is playing <laughs> Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. I rest my case. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's bad. It's bad. But let's let's take this opportunity to shift to Chow. Um, got to see... Mm -hmm. 
Could have been a D plus, uh, in my opinion, probably would have been. Um, yeah. I mean, because it's right there, right? Like it's the you didn't commit one way or the other. I don't yeah. understand what you're doing, which was your definition for D plus five minutes ago. Yeah. Why does Chow get a C? <sighs> yeah, he probably in retrospect, he probably should have gotten a D plus. I honestly I'm gonna go further and say I wish he had added pieces. I think the thing that I gave him the break on was that his two biggest players when the trade deadline happened were hurt. Um, so McClanahan was still hurt when the deadline happened. Judge was still hurt when the deadline happened. And it's hard to make decisions when the deadline is so soon in our league and you have no idea if those guys are going to come back or not and if right. they're going to perform. And so I think Chow was in that unique spot that Stads was not in, where Stads just had to pick a direction one way or the other, no matter what. And Chow had a little bit less information to work with. So I was a little bit kinder to him at the grade. Okay. That's that's fair. Um, Chow's got a minor league system that is worth mentioning, though. So even holding Pat, he's got a team that we know is in contention potentially for right now. Yeah. But he might not need a reload in that same sort of way. Um and so I would have given him a D plus because he didn't commit one way or the other. Um, mm-hmm. But I can also sort of defend it for everything you just said with what he's got on his roster right now. And he also gets to hold on to, you know, Gavin Stone, James Wood, uh, you know, Curtis Mead and the like. So I can see it. I can see it. Okay. All right. Uh, the rest of the teams were B's and A's and mm-hmm. have kind of already been been talked about a good amount. But yeah. uh, the one that I wanted you to sort of focus in a little bit on was actually uh, Kaminsky and the Illuminati. They're DFL overall, so they are <laughs> not, not going to get a whole heck of a lot more, but they did get younger uh, mm-hmm. and kind of stocked, uh, I'm not going to say a, an empty uh, minor league farm system, but one that could use some strength. I'll put it that way. A lot of depth, but now there's now there's some pieces, some strength in there. Yeah, I mean, I really like the Volpe deal for him. Mm-hmm. I thought that was that made a lot of sense to me. Um, and and with Mike, you know where he's going, right? Like the direction is is out there for everybody to see. Say what you will about how he's going about it, but at least he has a direction. At least he made moves at the deadline. Sure. to try to hit that direction. And that, that was part of mostly when I was breaking down the grade at the beginning of the article was explaining, like, did you make moves to address your needs? Mike's need is pretty much everywhere. Right. So, you know, getting a cornerstone shortstop means you get a good grade. And acquiring minor league depth means you get a good grade. So, yeah. yeah. The bar is low because a lot of people do nothing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, you don't need to talk about my team. We have talked about that in the past. And you, uh, you're you giving Nick a little bit of credit after kind of shitting on him all year. So unless you want to, uh, <laughs> unless you want to sort of give him, give him a little more props and uh, give him a little bit of love on, uh, on the podcast. Hell no. 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 All right. There no. it is. Okay. Uh, I mean, you called him Pete Rose in the article too. You gave the man a B minus and then you called him Pete Rose, but like post, post the bad times, Pete Rose. It's you're an interesting man, Mr. Johnson. All right. 
Good stuff. Anything else around uh, this article you want to tell uh, our fine listeners, perhaps when to expect part two? Yeah, man, try to expect. I'm going to try to get part two done before I start my job next week, because after that, it's not getting done. So I start on Tuesday. <laughs> uh, we'll get it out before then. <laughs> okay. All right. Sounds good. Well, as always, sir, thank you for uh, providing us content for our eyes in addition to the content you and I provide for everyone's ears. It's uh, it's good to see. We love reading it. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. So, Cool, cool. All right. Well, the only thing that we've got left to sort of talk about here, I believe, is the week 16 preview. Uh, see if I can't make up those last six picks as it stands right now. And on paper, it'll be a rough week for me to do it because we actually, in our double blind uh, picking event, uh, we selected eight of the same this week. So we are both on uh, a Newton win, uh, Garth McInnes win, Squirtle Squad, RKR, Flex, Ryan, Tillo, and Aiden. Yeah, lots of chalk. <laughs> Lo- yeah, it's just almost up and down the board. And I get it. It's it's late. We kind of know we know who they are, right? They are who yeah. they thought they they are. Um yeah. so I mean that's that's good. That's something. I don't know that I know who the raccoons are, as they've only put up uh seven points uh so far this week which is the first matchup that you and i differ on uh Mm -hmm. i'm on the raccoons you're on nick the man penner of all things and the raccoons as we sit here at 20 to 11 on tuesday night they have put up 7.2 points on the week Uh, when i looked at this very matchup earlier i saw that nick had a two-point lead and the score was three to one that was at 4 30 this afternoon uh yeah yeah is this faith in the man or anti-faith on the raccoons on your side yeah i can't get on the raccoons after last week uh i haven't picked nick all season i don't like nick's team i don't like nick so i just thought you know desperate times here because we gave back four picks right so desperate times right right okay all for desperate measures you know (laughs) yeah yeah Picking the seventeenth team or seventeenth place team to uh, take out the fourth place team—that's pretty bloody desperate. Uh, but mean, you know what? You've made uh, those calls before. Is it desperate though? Like Ian is a sixteenth place team, and he would have won last week. Right. <laughs> so how desperate is it? I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, the other matchup that we uh, we we didn't see eye to eye on is the heavyweight matchup of the 19th overall team against the 20th overall team. Ash's Money Ballers is facing off against Kaminsky's The Illuminati. I'm on Kaminsky. You're on Ash. Bring it on. It's such a coin flip, man. Like I don't know. I don't know why I picked Nick and Ash. It's just asking for sadness, but. <laughs> Pick two base teams, man. Fuck. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Kaminsky's just been just been having a rough go of it. The thing is, though, he actually gets his starts, so yep. it's quite possible he just steamrolls Ash because Ash ain't getting seven starts. So, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's to me, it's just a coin flip, man. Like, do you really have faith in Mike? I I don't know. I don't. I, know. I have faith in Mike's ability to beat another three and eleven team. I'll put it that way. <laughs> That's 
fair. <laughs> That's fair. I'm not asking a lot here. I'm not well, asking you to take out a fourth place team like you are with Nick. So uh, it's within yeah. reason. So if Mike wins, he's not DFL anymore. That is correct. Yeah. This is the battle for DFL. <laughs> You're really into this now. Uh, <laughs> I said it was the heavyweight matchup. Were you not I, listening? Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Dead fucking last. That's right. Let's Here go. it is. Just the rustiest ass belt we can find. Let's, let's make it happen. <laughs> like like the uh, World Heavyweight Championship with the NWO spray painted on it, but it's just rusty. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. That's a that's a yeah. solid image. Yeah. Solid yeah. image. I like that. Yeah, but we could take like the early 2000s tag team belts that were like bronze instead and scribble like mm-hmm. something on it. <laughs> DFL. <laughs> DFL instead of NWO. That's exactly yeah, yeah. where I'm at. Yeah, that'd be good. That's beautiful. You got to wear that in public too. You got to take it to like public <laughs> events, <laughs> like conference for work. Got to wear that shit. Yeah. Wedding, this... buddy's wedding, wear that shit. <laughs> in, in case anyone was wondering, this is probably exactly why neither Jeremiah nor I are on league management because we would have already <laughs> made this happen somehow, some way. I, I don't, I don't believe for a second that league management doesn't have like a clubhouse or a get together. Mm. And that, like, my, you know, like, you go into, like, a store, and it's like, watch out for this person. Like, my face is definitely there. Like, watch out for this fucker. If he tries to come in, call police. Right. You know? Yeah. You're going to be up there soon, though, with these ideas. Cam's just sitting there sipping on a white claw, (laughs) nodding sagely. That's that's my vision, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I didn't process any trades over the break. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was just a little too woozy from the white claw yeah all right good stuff all right sir well is there anything else that we need to cover this week anything we uh we, we didn't touch on that you wanted to cover i don't think so i think this uh 60 70 minute episodes at its conclusion i like it i like it right. and uh yeah let's uh let's buckle up because it does look like it's going to be a good ride for these next last five weeks as we slide into the playoffs looking at chow looking at graham looking at some of those bubble teams and what's going to happen and uh should be exciting fun to watch i'm excited yeah i'm excited it's gonna be good awesome well then sir thank you once again for spending your tuesday night with me uh, a pleasure as always and uh for jeremiah i am garth newton have a good night and good fantasy <laughs>